0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on this podcast. I'm Karen Weaver, and this is Trustees and Presidents. Over the next period of time, our guests and I will take a deeper look into the issues that surround management and oversight of intercollegiate athletics. Now, I don't mean the role of a head coach or an athletics director. What I do mean are the people and organizations that intersect with the athletics department in significant and sometimes unknown ways. These leaders, And outside organizations have an impact on athletic system structure, on how decisions get made on campus, run athletic conferences, provide fiduciary oversight, oversee the accreditation process of our universities, and so many other points of intersectionality that influence athletics at the college, conference, and national levels. So let's start with me. I write and teach about the intersection of higher education and college athletics. In my career, I have won an NCAA National Championship, been a head coach and athletic administrator in the Big Ten for nearly 15 years, and joined the faculty eight years ago. I have also been a Division III Athletics Director, guiding my institution from non-affiliated status to full NCAA membership status. I have a unique perspective. I became quite interested in this topic of higher ed decision-making surrounding athletics, when I began looking for a dissertation topic over a decade ago. After listening to very good advice to write about something that you want to continue learning about after you finish, I settled on an unusual topic, how the 11 presidents of the Big Ten Conference decided to get into the cable television business, launching the Big Ten Network. About the same time, I was approached by the fledgling network to do color commentary in field hockey, For various games at locations around the Midwest. As I'm a former field hockey coach at Ohio State, I was excited to be part of something that would promote the sport. I've had previous experience in broadcasting field hockey at the 1996 Atlanta Olympic Games, so I thought it would be fun. When I arrived at Michigan State to call my first game, what I wasn't prepared for were all the questions I had when I arrived. Running around the facility were 15 people, all with different responsibilities, to manage the live broadcast. There was a full-size production truck with satellite uplink. There were miles of cable strung around the field itself. Many of the workers had come in from Chicago and Detroit. They flew me in from Philadelphia. My first question to myself was, where in the world is all this money coming from to broadcast a field hockey game? Certainly, we expect this kind of production for a college football or basketball game. But field hockey? As an outgrowth of this research, I became interested in how the senior leaders, presidents, and trustees at the 11 different schools decided to aggregate their media rights and give them away to their athletic conference, taking a huge risk financially. Those who study athletic finance think of this as standard operating procedure today, but in 2005 and 2006, it was risky business. Those conversations have led me to further examining the many ways that boards, presidents, conference commissioners, and others intersect with the business of college sports. So in this podcast, and in articles written for Forbes.com, I'll be talking with folks from across the collegiate landscape, and not just focusing on NCAA Division I. Too often, all we hear about are the issues that affect less than 2% of the athlete population in college sports. I'd like to dig a little bit deeper than that. So let's start with answering the question, who are the senior leaders on campus that influence athletics, besides the athletic director and the coach? We'll start with college presidents and the role they play in overseeing athletics. I'll ask my guests who have been or who currently are presidents to talk about the daily ways they cross paths with athletic decisions and the ways they strategically use athletics to brand their campus, drive enrollment, secure fundraising, and generate school spirit. We'll talk about the role they hold within NCAA governments, conference governance, and with faculty committees on campus. Next, we'll examine the important role that boards of trustees, sometimes called regents or overseers, play. Boards are charged with fiduciary responsibilities, i.e. keeping the school out of financial and legal trouble, approving facility plans, staying informed about investment portfolios, and so many other things, including athletics. We'll talk with the board members about how the board they are on manages to focus on the relationship with athletics and the very important partnership they form with the president. Thirdly, we'll look at and talk with those who are part of an outside affinity or sometimes called agency organizations. These professional groups, such as the Association for Governing Boards or the American Council of Education and the American Association of Colleges and Universities, play a pivotal role in establishing federal and state government relations, creating policies for higher education to embrace. I'll ask them about the ways they intersect with the NCAA in oversight of intercollegiate athletics and in guiding principles that they use. Next, we'll look at the issues surrounding accreditation. That's a fancy word for colleges to keep their access to federal funds for student loans and research grants, among other things. Colleges typically go through accreditation every 10 years, and it's a really big deal if a college is not reaccredited. There have been some concerns recently about two NCAA Division I schools, the University of Maryland and the University of North Carolina, who were placed on probation because of malfeasance in their athletic programs. I'm hoping to speak with people who work in that area who can tell us more about how the process works. The role that the conference commissioners play is an important role an often overlooked area of college athletics. Commissioners are hired by college presidents and work closely with both them and the athletic directors. They are often the most visible representative of an athletic conference. See, Jim Delaney, recently retired commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, will talk with conference commissioners about their relationships with their oversight boards, the NCAA, and how they generate revenue for their member schools. Finally, we'll talk with outside organizations who have been working to reform college athletics and have it play a more central role in the educational lives of college athletes. The Knight Commission on Intercollegiate Athletics is one such group. Formed in 1989, they have taken the role of watchdog, focusing on on timely issues and providing guidance and best practices to the NCAA to assist with solving entrenched problems. We'll talk with faculty governing groups and higher education scholars who have written regularly about the issues surrounding college sports and examine their proposals. We have a lot of ground to cover in these discussions, but I think it's important for all of us who care about the college athletic enterprise to understand more fully all of the entities who have a stake and a voice in the process of how it is run. I'm really looking forward to having you join me on this journey. I hope you'll set the alerts function on your podcast player so that you can know when we have shared a new episode. And there is a way for you to ask questions for my guests and for me to try to answer in future podcasts. I'm hoping this can be a two-way dialogue. Welcome to the beginning of the journey. We'll begin in January 2020.